Hello, my fellow humans, my human fellas. Have you ever been interested in possibly doing real estate or becoming a real estate investor yourself? Maybe you doing a fix and flip or you have a property you want to sell. If you're in the Denver, Colorado area, you can contact Tim Holly at timholly.jparmodernre.com or text TBD to 720-664-4205. That's TBD to 720-664-4205. Okay, everything that we know we were taught from little kid, right? From being a little kid on up. Our environment taught us everything. So I was, so uh, I'm trying to and stoicism was basically a kind of like a, a religious thing for me too, right? It's not it's it's not as supernatural as the other things, but it's still this kind of reformatting of your thought processes to be eventually everything happens as it should because remember they're saying uh, everything happens and our interpretation of what happens in reality is what makes us upset. So that's like a weird way of saying that same thing. Everything happens as it should. And it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to us because of all these reasons. We're finite. Um, there's something called the hedonistic treadmill. Uh, there are things in our control and out of our control. You see that all these explanations and reasons, those are the same explanations and reasons we're giving to ourselves based on the environment that these people have. We just, ha- we just don't see them the same way because once we try to base some things on our physical senses and some other things on what we believe and what we've learned, but there's not a lot of difference for most people in what we believe and what is real because when we think about things, we don't normally, we, our brain kind of tricks us into thinking most things are, are real, right? We, we just, we sense them, feel them. Like if somebody thinks of Jesus, they'll imagine him and they'll see him in their mind. It's it's like a real thing. It's so ingrained that it's hard to question. But thanks for letting me talk, Eddie. I, I like rambling, and I, I don't know why I'm doing it so much today. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with you. Like I, I definitely think there's there's always a rationale behind uh, any type of perspective. You always have somebody that comes up with a reason why they feel a certain way. But I think um, one of the things, just I, as far as like dwelling on that and realistically that that is a lot of why religion is that release right because it it lets you kind of let go of the externals it lets you let go of the things that maybe you don't have a nice car because god wants it that way or you don't have a nice house because god wants it that way so i I, in a way i i i 100 agree with the the rationale portion of it one of the things that uh, I think that it teaches, again, it revolves back around to like acceptance and understanding like a um, like being more introspective on what we need versus what we want and maybe showing some gratitude to the universe for the things that we have that might not necessarily be exactly what we want, like our ideal quote unquote situation, but Enough to uh, enough that we kind of get by. Yeah, Eddie, and 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 here's the tricky part about that, because you're saying we need to divide up what we need and what we want, and the thing is that's that's a good that's a good thing we should, but everybody has a different uh, expectation of what their needs are, right? For like like a homeless person, all they need is to eat, right, and to have their cart and to have other stuff and to be able to find a, a dry place to go to sleep at night, right? Their needs are pretty much met, but do we want to live? Could we accept living like a homeless person? You know, like, could I 
Like sometimes I even think about it. I think, could I live under a bridge? Could I like not have any clothes? Could I do that? And sometimes when I'm weird, I think, hell yeah, I could do that. Like I could figure it out. But you're like, I'm time, <laughs> like, peace wife. I'm out. I'm out. See, <laughs> see, that's the thing. That's what holds us back. Our, our, our attachments. And, and, uh, and that's what really mm. holds us. What, what keeps us, uh, well, at least grounded. keeps me uh, yeah, grounded <laughs> and keeps me attached to people. It's the fact that I, I'm obligated, right? I have kids. Yeah. I got to feed them. I have stuff to do. I got, I have, I have uh, expectations on myself, but right. <clears throat> even those expectations, like those are just a social construct, right? Like if we lived in a different uh, cultural reality, if we were born in another era or if we were born in another spot on the globe, we would have, like I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't think the same way I do about of what it is to be a dad, what it is to be a responsible father. There are some communities where there are no fathers, where there's just mothers and there's uh, there's kids and all the dads. They don't have a single son. They all they all kind of have sex with each other, and they all kind of like raise the kids together as a community. The, they, like right. each, each baby belongs to the mom, but the dads are all, they have a different idea of what it is to be a father. Right, and is that right or wrong? That right or wrong is taught to us by our uh, our environment, environment. Yeah. and the emotions are what give us the hints of what we really do believe is right or wrong, and it's uh, so that's what we should listen to, and that's what my trick is. Like I like somebody can say, "Oh well, fuck you." If you think that we shouldn't care about anything, why don't you go live in the street like all those homeless people and just be a loser? Right? They can tell me that, and in a way, they're right. Why don't I just? give up everything and go away there's some there were people that do that did that in ancient rome they did that they would they weren't so stoics i don't think i think they were cynics i don't remember exactly but they would basically renounce everything uh uh, shave their head and beard and wear a cloth sack and just walk around rome yelling at people that they're living wrong and uh, people people would donate money to them and i was like so so there is that as an option but it doesn't feel right to me because I would feel terribly, you know, living as a pauper, giving up all my responsibilities and my kid can't go to school anymore. Right. Cause he doesn't have money to buy shoes or something. Right. Some terrible thing. Like I would know that to me, that's wrong. Right. I would also know that I only feel it's wrong because that's what society taught me. There's some societies where people hate their kids for whatever reason. I don't know. Like they, <laughs> I, we could live on a, we could live on a planet where, where they take your kids from birth and they raise them in a vat and it's like that because they wouldn't survive in the atmosphere without that, right? There's environments where you could think of a reason why you wouldn't love your children. Like there is an environment where that is possible. It's well, not I mean, environment. Yeah, it's well, not, I mean, that's, we live. that's, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's, that's just a cultural dynamic. Yeah, like you said, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all based on environment and your emotions, I think. And I, that's the thing with like, I always thought about that with the story with the Spartans, right? Like if you're, if your child came out deformed, they would toss you over a cliff, you know? And, and I think uh, like, I feel like, even though that, that, that was a cultural norm for them, I feel like they, they, they might've still felt something, right? Like there was probably a mother in there that was probably not very happy about the fact that oh, her yeah. child just got tossed oh, over the course. cliff. <laughs> yeah, know? like like you would like you, you would think you would think like because because this is the thing they're expecting they're expecting something they're expecting a healthy child and what do they get? They get an unhealthy child. So that like we can already analyze what happens what happens when you don't get what you expect. You have a feeling. Right. You have a negative emotion. So of course I think they would have that negative emotion. But then 
I think like societies and cultures, they really can train themselves to feel anything about anything. Like it, like the Comanche, I, I've always been a big fan of the, not a fan, but I've always been interested in the Comanche. Fascinated, right. So yeah, just, you know, just think about them. Like their society was very free, right? They would basically do whatever they want. Like the, uh, they would go on raids and they would basically murder and rape other tribes, everybody all the time. And they would, like murder babies like on committee like they'd all vote like should we keep this baby that we just stole from this other church should we murder it and a lot of times they just murder it it's like really brutal stuff and like and then you would think like how could they go how could they do this you know how could they possibly like, like they're just humans how could they and it's because our reality and our environment make us accept thing and it's and it's because if we didn't accept the environment and think differently if we were in a new environment we wouldn't be able to populate the planet right we would have been stuck in sub-Saharan Africa, you know, we wouldn't right. have been, been all over the place. You know, it's, it's one of our gifts. It's, it, I call it the social reality. I've been thinking about it a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've chosen to, to, to try to choose parts of the social reality that I like that make me feel like fulfilled. Like for instance, taking care of my kids, uh, making sure that they're fed and happy and, and educated. You know, I love teaching them uh, that I like that part of parenting. Uh, there's other parts of the social reality that I try not to like subscribe to. Like, uh, I'm like, I can't even think of them right now, but like anytime I feel like a negative emotion about something that's not real, you know, like I just lost some money or I just made a bad choice that about something that other people would think makes me, uh, you know, look bad or, or should embarrass right. me. Like right. I choose to see, Oh, this isn't real. This is just, I only think this way because this is the way I was born with this brain, with this body. And this is the way I have interacted with the environment since I was born, because that's how I saw other people interact with the environment. It's how my community taught me. These aren't my own ideas. These are ideas that I've learned. Because in reality, we're all just molecules, right? We're all just molecules smushed together. And we're glad the universe clumps together because that's gravity. I mean, I can rely on that. But can I rely on the fact that morality is supposed to be something that they teach me and I believe in and makes me feel this or that? So... I guess I'm, I'm getting a little really long-winded today, but it's just like I think our emotions can guide us like in that, that way that I was telling you before where we always, always question the good and the bad ones, and that can be our truth. We don't have to always ask what's real, what's true, because, Eddie, all of our truths were kind of made up, right? Because I used to think for like that a corporation was real. Like I was like, oh, man, Nike is real. You know, it feels real to me. Like Not I believe real. They're it. people. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. <laughs> Even if, if, if every single person that worked for Nike died of a heart attack right now, would Nike still be existent? And some people say, yeah, because all those buildings are there. But then I say, well, what if after all those people died of a heart attack, all those buildings crumbled into the ground because of some magical earthquake? Would Nike still be around? Would it still exist? And then they're like, no, it wouldn't exist. Like, well, they would hire more people. They could make more buildings. Would Nike be existent then? And then they're like, well, wait. So do we, we don't need buildings. We don't need people for Nike. So what do we need? Do we need a piece of paper that some lawyer writes on to say that Nike exists? No. Do we need the founder? No, we don't need the founder because the founder could die and Nike will go on. The only reason we have <laughs> these limited liability companies is because it was too, for, for like back in the day, let's say you had a cart, you had a wagon back in, I don't know, like the, the 1800s and you wanted to sell nails out of your wagon people could sue you and get mad at you because you were personally responsible if those nails 
somehow fell off your wagon and punctured somebody's lung or something and killed them. You know, who knows? Any kind of accident. So it was not it was too risky for anyone to start their businesses because they could go to jail for doing some crazy shit. So what they did is they invented this concept of the limited liability company, also known as a corporation that we were just talking about. In our imagination, some modern day wizard, some modern day uh, shaman called a lawyer said abracadabra, hocus pocus, and wrote down on a piece of paper, the Nike Corporation is real. And these are all of its rules. And you cannot hold the people responsible for creating this corporation responsible for anything. This limited liability company is Nike. You have to sue Nike and the shareholders have to pay and all that stuff. And so it created this entity, right? And think about it. That corporation does a lot of change in this world. So in a way, it's more real than I am. I can't just go out and build a fucking building to make shoes if I want to, right? I have to have an agreement amongst people. And that agreement is this limited liability company that we all believe in. We truly do believe in it. We, I really do think that Nike is real. I really do because it feels and it is real in my world, in my reality. That's how people think of God. They say he's real. He's real because he, he's real. I can't think of him as not real because in my reality, he makes change for me. He makes me feel better about things. He makes me get over stuff. It's the same thing. The ability to believe in God and the ability to believe in Nike is the same evolutionary thing. Just like we talked about ideology and religion on the other episode, remember? It's the same thing, but it's, a, it's just – it has the same purpose in society. It just – we just call it different things because think about it. Nike is not real. They'll hire more employees. They'll build more buildings. They can, they can burn those papers. The only way we can get rid of Nike is if the United States government – something else that also exists in this social reality that we made up can come around something more powerful say, oh, that's not real anymore. That's the only way we'll believe if some other aspect of the social reality that's more powerful can do it. Think about this. On June 1st, the government is supposed to release all this shit about aliens, right? Have you heard about that, Eddie? Yeah. So think about that. That is another social reality because if uh, like aliens could be real, and, and it's my personal opinion that, opinion that there are intelligent life forms that are somehow causing an interaction with humans, or at least there's technology out there that's beyond what we can do that's physically on this planet. So we have this idea about aliens already implanted in us from the social reality, from movies, from what people have told us. So whenever this happens, we already have an idea of what's going to happen. We already have uh, an expectation. But we shouldn't have expectations on these beings, especially these beings, because they're not us at all. We've never, at least normal people have never interacted with them so this is going to be a big litmus test if something like that happens if they do like for instance say all all the aliens are aquatic they live in our oceans and they've been piloting these ufos and we've known about them for years the way people react to that is going to be uh interesting i think i i it just i, I just it just popped in my head from thinking from all this talking right <laughs> no yeah that'll definitely be something uh, we'll have to revisit when that uh when that passes through Feel free to remove all my ranting if you want to. <laughs> I just have to chop it down so it fits short and makes <laughs> sense, Eric. <laughs> but this is Eric Martinez, the first symbolist, and Eric is the co-host of our podcast that we do on the TBD Network called Today's Stoics. He's the uh, the gentleman that brings in all the off-track insight that you're looking for. 
Um, and Eric actually runs a secondary podcast. And I'm not even going to attempt to say the name, but you can go ahead and talk about it there. Well, my other podcast is called the Severely Deficient Autobiographical Memory Podcast. And what I try to do there is talk to people that are like me, that are missing uh, a part of their memories called the episodic memory, which is the reliving of the past, you know, like a fantasy or a redoing of your experiences. Uh, about 1%, I think, uh, in my estimation of the population, just really don't have access to that. So it makes us a little weird. It makes us think different. Uh, and I, I like to go on that podcast. So if you have any questions about that or if you think you have that, please come speak to me and we can have a conversation about it. Yeah, it's actually a really good podcast. I, I like – I like. Um, well, I'm, I'm so I, – I love talking to you so much that it kind of stays consistent with what I'm used to. But I think what people should expect out of that podcast is you have your own individual um, ways of thinking. But even when you interview people, you still let them and speak and, and understand. Um, you t- attempt to understand what they're trying to portray. And I love the dialogue that you have back and forth with with those guys. So I think anybody that's even if you don't know what the Serially Deficient Autobiographical Memory is, um, it would be an interesting podcast to check out. Um, one of the things that uh, Eric actually has accomplished that he told us in the last episode, if you're listening, is he's a uh, quote-unquote published author. And uh, <laughs> what was what was it? The you said it was a short story, right? Yeah, it's, it was. It's only 500 words, so I'm not saying I did a lot of work, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be published in a magazine called a Strange city digest i don't know when but eventually and uh, it's all the story is also on reddit it's called the fourth dimension if anybody's oh, curious cool. about it is it is it is that you just got to type in fourth dimension mm-hmm. on reddit well if if they go to my uh if they go to the uh subreddit called short stories it'll be on there the fourth oh, okay. dimension yeah cool and you're first first symbolist on reddit too right i'm empty mind all the time on oh, reddit that's right that's right. Empty mind all the time on Reddit for Symbolist on Instagram. And TikTok. I have a big TikTok presence now. Oh, yeah. So how's the TikTok thing going? Well, I have a thousand followers and we all argue with each other about the nature of consciousness. If you guys want to see the dumpster fire, you can go on there. <laughs> it, it's not all uh, mustache uh, videos and uh, baby baby uh, outings, is it? It's half mustache, half baby <laughs> And half the deeper meaning of the universe. <laughs> and what's the uh, you said first uh, first symbolist on TikTok? Yeah, seen it. It is kind of funny how you vary from your your topics. Crack me up because you go from like a really deep conscious thought um, meaning and all that to um, here's my mustache, like close up. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I just started cracking up. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing right now? Because because you know, this is how I think, Eddie. Like, whenever I'm on that platform, I know how people interpret my behavior. I know, you know, like, you know that you're going to be seen as a little bit weird. But I'm thinking, like, do I want to be seen as somebody that's curating their online presence so much that they're trying to manipulate the audience into believing them? And I'm like, no. I just want to say what I think and just do what I want so that they can take it or leave it. You know, that's the only honest way to behave. 
So, like, if I have an urge to show people my mustache and say, hey, I'm growing a mustache, I just go into it because I think people will see that authenticity and know that it's not just me, you know, trying to get people to like me. It's just me being myself, you know. Right, right, right. And there's definitely, I get that a lot, actually, that there's a, it, it, it exemplifies, you know, who you are. So, and, and I, and like I said, I've, you know, I've, I always talk highly of you with, uh, pretty much every guest that I have on, it's like, uh, you know, Eric's got those, he's one of those people that when you listen to him speak about certain topics, it, it, it's a weird train of thought because it's, it's something you probably never even thought of before. Like, I remember when you, when you were talking to me about how I think, like the asking somebody how they think is, is a weird concept in the first place like i asked somebody today like what did what is uh what does love mean to them and she she you know she had to take she was kind of taken aback a little bit like oh okay what does love mean to me like it's you know because it's it's very definitive so to to an exclusive to your perception Mm -hmm. you know like how you think what you think and and all that stuff and i think um one of the things that i i i enjoy about your writing and your Although listening to you is a lot easier, I personally feel than, than reading some of your long, your long rants. I need to go to your short story and see if it's the same way. But like, I remember I was reading one of your empty mind um, posts on on Reddit, and that was one of those ones I had to actually save it because I was like, it was like reading Alan Watts. I had to go back and read it, and then be like, okay, let me think about it, and then go back. You know, I don't consider myself the smartest person, and sometimes absorbing information takes a second. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm surprised you, you've uh, you've read something I've written like that. I kind of write it just to write it, expecting nobody to read it. You know, because I honestly, Eddie, I'm I'm almost writing those notes to myself because I forget what I think. Right? I don't remember a lot of what I do, so if I don't write it down, I'm just not going to be able to build upon it or even reflect upon it. So I write them down on yeah. online. But it's it's I, I write crazy and I write crazy for me. I talk a little more normal, but still kind of crazy. And uh, and and the thing is, you're 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 willing to put in some effort and read those those entries because, you know, me, right. You, you already can tell that I'm not trying to, you know, pull one over on you or just I'm not just that crazy. Like there must be a reason I'm running this shit. But I appreciate the, uh, even like looking into it, honestly. Yeah, no, you're a very authentic person, and I think anybody that's looking for authenticity in uh, in the realm of, um, of of philosophy and in the realm of kind of a, I don't, I don't, I, you're you're so on a next level for me, like on on so many different aspects that it's 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 really great to you're a great person to know, but uh, the. One of the things that um, we talked about when I first way once upon a time had you on is uh, you have a um, you have severely deficient audio biographical memory. And then I guess if you want to just reiterate exactly kind of what that is for everybody. Well, uh, first, before I get into that, I just normally everybody assumes that everybody else kind of thinks the same way. And I think it's important that we really define how I believe and most people who look into this believe our cognitive tools work. Like, how do we think? How do we uh, uh, interact with the environment, with our minds and with our muscles? And everybody basically does it the same way. 
uh, with whatever tools they have. Just like some people are born without the ability to use their legs, some people are born without one or two of these cognitive tools. Uh, and we normally, since, always, since we always assume uh, naturally that everybody else experiences their mind the same way, we never question uh, how we think. We just assume everybody else thinks the same. And I think that that's uh, one of the big reasons we don't understand each other because we don't realize that we're dealing with an inner environment that's so different. Uh, mm-hmm. But to, to, to make it sure, uh, severely deficient autobiographical memory is missing uh, what scientists call episodic memory. And episodic memory, like the name implies, says uh, a memory that's like an episode, right? Like an episode of your TV show where you'll feel like you're reproducing the raw uh, sensory data, like what you saw during the event in time, what you heard during the event in time, what you felt in your body because you're experiencing your body's feelings as a sensation. All of those things get reproduced in the brain by uh, reactivating uh, similar neural pathways. They're not perfect, right? You sometimes make up your own, and you make up the, the, you fill in the plot holes of your memories with your own imagination, but you have a representation there. And people that can do that, they think of their past and they relive it, they feel emotions again, they can kind of experience it again, and they remind themselves of what they experienced again. They have uh, a really good grasp of what they did last week, probably, or last month, or they can tell you what they did in a specific year pretty well because they're, they're, they're always reminding themselves of their own life because they relive it in their mind. But people like me who don't have that power, we cannot uh, reproduce any kind of sensory event. So I can't see anything in my mind. I can't hear anything. I can't feel anything. I can think kind of conceptually, but there's never any, any words attached to them, not even imaginary words that I hear or see in my mind, nothing really. So uh, what happens is we forget a lot of our own past. Like we, we remember facts really well because that's the one part of memory we retain, semantic details, you know, like uh, the earth is round. We don't have to, I mean, some people would visualize that, but I don't have to visualize that just to know that fact, right? So since we don't remind ourselves of our past, we forget all the facts about ourselves kind of, except for the really big ones that we have to remember because, man, my dad did die at this, this year or my mom did die this other year. Like We remember those major events, but all the minutiae, all the small things we forget about and we don't even really worry about. So um, that's the, the long explanation of what it's like to be like somebody that doesn't have the episodic memory, just the facts and the skills that they remember. Yeah. And that's, um, it was kind of funny to listen to some of the interviews you've had on. Cause these guys, they are people that you have on, they, they have obviously similar, um, it's not really an affliction, just a thought process. Yeah. They sound but like it, they, don't I, they? yeah well that no they some of them say they have like audio but no visual or they have visual but no audio or you know vice versa or they have like weird like it's not and it's really strange because like like uh, like until you brought it up to me you know i never really thought about like i i can i can recall like almost the full five senses with certain memories you know like everything Mm -hmm. comes back and and even 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 yeah even the feeling like there's times where I'll talk about like getting high as a teenager. And if I'm sitting there and I'm smoking a cigarette or smoking a cigar or something, and I'm talking about getting high, I start to feel high. Like it, it starts ah. to affect me. Like I'm, I'm smoking marijuana, you know, like it, it's like, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a weird, 
and it's like it that's what honestly what what brought me to a point of like i realized that a lot of the chemical things that go off in our bodies are more chemicals than than outside substances if we want to feel a certain way there are ways for us to do that without you know the external yeah we have a but the, in our brain right and uh but uh you know that, that that is one thing that i really like about your podcast too is that even though they might be like you obviously no one is like the first symbolist like <laughs> he's still he's still you're still the uh the number one guy and and uh you know i'm i'm definitely glad to know you but it is interesting to to hear that they're you know even just the perspective of how people are thinking i think it helps people to know that not everybody thinks like you not only do they not have the same perspective as you but they don't process information the same way yeah. so it's it's even if you fed them all the raw data in the world so that they can make up their own mind they're still not going to process that the same way until you have yeah 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 so i i think it's a at the very least i think it's a very good if anything i don't know how you have your podcast labeled in in it what your subject is but it's a definitely a good psychological podcast or yeah. and psychology podcast. And the interesting part is to think about what are the ramifications of this, right? Because you're kind of stumbling into a uh, topic that I think about all the time, that, that basically we are more different than we are alike. Like people, uh, it's, it's very uh, PC, you know, uh, to say that we're all, we're all the same. Um, we were born with a blank slate. Uh, something we call a tabula rasa, where uh, it just it depends on how what we're taught, how how much we work, but we all have the ba- basic same biology, so we all have the same potential, and we know this isn't true. It doesn't sound nice to say, but we know this isn't true because I mean Shaquille O'Neal can slam dunk, and I'm never gonna even be able to touch the net, right? I'm five seven. I'm like a little kid. Like I'm not gonna be able to do shit. Like I physically. <laughs> Like my muscles and my bones are not big enough to be able to do any of that. And I have to accept that, you know, right? But those same differences that are a product of the environment, right? It's the product of natural selection. It's the product of evolution. And what is what are those products of? Those are products of an organism and a population uh, interacting with their environment, right? The reason that uh, a, a populations look so different is because they were separated for so long the, the alleles, the expressive genes that show what people look like, were all concentrated and changed and diluted and basically uh, re- they reacted to the environment. Because that's, that's what happens, right? Like if, if you don't have the proper genes, if you're too unfit for your environment, you won't reproduce, your offspring will die young, and eventually the, the offspring that has the good, uh, the good genes will, will move on. But see, it's not because uh, the people that died were the worst. And the people that survived were better. It's just because the environment dictated that. Just like our thoughts. Just like the way uh, each individual person interacts with their environment. It's not that they're right or wrong. They're going to feel like they're right. Because to you, you are the center of your universe. And to me, I am the center of my universe. And we feel like we have it all understood because that's what we're supposed to feel. We're supposed to feel like we understand everything at least on the surface level so that we don't freak out when we're in our environment and waste so much energy that we're just not going to survive. That's the emotional stuff, right? 
the emotions are supposed to be this kind of uh, warning system when something's going wrong. Like uh, you're supposed to feel scared when, you know, there's a predator. You're, forced, you're supposed to feel happy when you find a lot of resources. This is the way your body rewards and warns you when, it, when you're doing something in your particular environment that's good. Uh, so I, I kind of lost my train of thought, but it's, it's, it's more like you're saying our diff, like it doesn't matter if like, we were even standing next to each other our whole life, you know, listening to the same stuff, even mouthing the same words. Like we could even be saying the same words because the meaning inside that we've ascribed to these words is different. Our meaning is subjective. And this is like the, the major breakthrough that, I've, that I consider I've come through is that uh, meaning itself is something that we give to things. So even the meaning of life, like something that is, you know, the grand question, why are we here? What's the purpose of our existence? A very, uh, you know, lofty thing to think about, a grand idea that nobody can really answer. But what if the meaning is that everybody, you know, the meaning of life is to find your own meaning because you create your own reality in a way, right? Like our neurons are firing right now. As I'm speaking, you're hearing a version of reality uh, called my voice, right? A sound that you interpret, but it, that's not actually the air molecules vibrating, right? That's just your particular auditory nerve firing in sequence, making the sounds happen. You're basically constructing what your brain and your senses are interpreting uh, my mouth is doing and my diaphragm is doing and my lungs are doing. You're hearing that and describing meaning. There are people out there that don't even know English, so they're not going to be able to understand me at all. Like they're going to hear me say stuff and there's going to be zero meaning. It's the same thing, except the spectrum is how much are we able to understand what somebody's truly saying? How accurate are we like finding their meaning? And how much do we believe in our own meaning to want to talk about it? Do we, do we actually believe we're right? And I think that the purpose of like consciousness and just being alive is to perfect your perspective, the way you think things are to the point where you feel like you can't stop yourself from telling the world about it. Like, like for instance, like this podcast that you're doing, Eddie, I think that you're on this track. I think every human being in existence that has a mind, that experiences their environment is on this same road, on this same path, on this same uh, track, right? We're all trying to figure out what this all means. We question ourselves. If we really care a lot about what other people think, we're probably always going to be quiet because we're too scared. But if we're able to believe in ourselves more than we, than we believe others, basically, the others that are telling us we're wrong, we're going to try to prove them wrong. We're going to try to say what we believe. And, and if we're really, really convinced, we'll do it without any fear. We'll be like those religious people we were talking about earlier, right? Sharing our perspective, like almost like a zealot, because we're there. We found our own meaning. And nobody in the world can tell you you're wrong because you're not. Even the people that are wrong to us, to them, if they really believe in themselves, they're right. And the thing is, since they just interpreted their environment with those same neurons we were talking about earlier, in a way, they are right because they're not really experiencing the real world to begin with. They're interpreting it with their own neurons. What if this person was deaf? They've never even heard a sound in their life. Sound doesn't contain meaning. Sound doesn't even exist in their reality. What if this person was blind? I was born blind on the inside. I was born deaf on the inside. What does that make me think about the world? And, and see, that, that's where I think about these things that everybody's right in their own way. And if we can convince ourselves to believe in ourselves, 
uh, we, we can uh, spread uh, our message to others and that could be the meaning that we've ascribed. And I think and if we want to go down the evolutionary biology road, if we want to say, well, okay, you're saying consciousness is just an awareness. Awareness has to have a perspective because we live in 3D space and that perspective changes other perspectives, right? It changes the world as other people see it. But why does that happen? Well, it's because we're social animals, right? We're, when we were chimps, we lived in groups. The people that thought everybody, like if you knew the right way to live in that environment, you were glorified, you were given more resources, you were listened to. And so people wanted to share what they knew with each other. So I think that same impulse of sharing with another what you think, even if it's just by sharing what you think by living a certain way, right? Like I don't, I'm a monk, I don't eat uh, animals, I shave my head, I, I wear this garb and I, and I spend my life in solitude. That's a way of sharing your perspective of telling the world, look, I don't believe in what you believe in so much. I believe in what I believe in so much. I'm going to change my life and live in some crazy way. We all do that in our own way. We're all, we all put on this crazy ass jewelry and show each other that we're goths. We all listen to this crazy music that we love so people can hear how fucking badass and hardcore we are. Or, you know, we really study books and we become neurosurgeons or doctors because, you know what, I'm smart and I'm going to show the world that I can control this place. You know, they all have their own version of reality. And if more people thought like me, if more people understood the world like this, I think that we would all accept each other a little bit more because we would know even my own beliefs are subjective. Even my own meaning is subjective. Their meaning is subjective too. Why can't we agree on more things? That agreement we call a social reality, right? We all agree uh, that uh, uh, employment is something you need to do to get money. We all agree that uh, human rights exist, right? These are all imaginary things. Why don't we agree to more stuff? Why don't we agree that everybody deserves an income regardless of where they work? No, some people are lazy. Yeah, because that's what their environment taught them how to do. That's what their brain has made them do. Look for their truth in their way. They're right in a way. You just, you're just not able to see that because you think that you have the universe known like the back of your hand. And that's the thing. We all think the same way. We all think we know. We all think we understand. We all think that we share the same mind, the same way of thinking even. And that was the first thing we talked about. So I guess my point is like, I, like that symbolism thing that I, that I wrote up, I'm still working, but I'm trying to be more like uh, outspoken now. I think that if you can find purpose in talking about what you think and living the way you want, that's that's the that's the way to do it, right? So you're gonna start wearing a potato sack, shave your head, and walk around I'm preaching gonna start, first symbolism. I'm gonna start growing my hair out. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna cut my nails. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be like verse in the Bible. I'm gonna be like a beast of the fields. <laughs> right. No, so it's funny. Like your 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 definition of social reality. I've always heard it as a social contract. So or social construct or contract, however you want to look at it. And, and the idea. Yeah, and and the idea is is basically that uh, a given society or a given culture all agree upon a certain premise. Our constitution, uh, the Constitution of America, is probably the easiest, simplest example of a social contract. You know, like we've we've all decided that these are our our bill of rights, which is why it bugs me so much when people say God given rights, because they're not necessarily God given. God given is universal universal rights. I always tell people that say God given rights. It's like go 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 take your constitution 
face a hungry bear or a hang- hungry lion and, and show them your fucking rights to survive and see if they agree with you. <laughs> you know, the, those the, that's probably the most natural law of order right there, right? Like, those animals are probably going to rip you to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's so no the thing. If we could just <laughs> teach people like me and you, or, or we could just teach people, look, there's a physical reality, something that's actually something you can perceive with your senses. There's a biological reality where, you know, it's, that's just how life is. And there's a social reality where we basically can invent whatever we want. We just feel like it's real because we have to. If people can just see the social reality as kind of a suggestion, it's, I think it's, we could, we would change it more. And if we changed it more, we could like advance progress so much more. And we already do that, right? Because of the internet, we all, we've been updating our cultural norms fucking really fast, right? Because ideas get spread, ideals get spread, the way of thinking gets spread. That's good. That's good. But we should accelerate that. We should jumpstart it more because people are still really, really emotionally invested in their social reality because they think it's real. But if they can just entertain the concept that we just think it's real because that's what our dad, that's what our mom taught us, that's what our school taught us, that's what our friends taught us, that's what our environment, other people taught us. If we were just in a different environment, we could have thought some crazy stuff. So let's think what we want. Let's choose our thoughts. Let's choose our ideas. Let's choose our ideals but let's guide them with our emotions that we just learned how to interpret. Right. So that we can find our own truth and right. so we can make it something that we can talk about all the time. That's like I would agree. Yeah. That. And I, and I agree with the using your emotions to kind of guide you to an extent. I think um, if people are, are extremely emotionally reactive, don't use your emotions, use your mind because people are just, they, they, they tend to, <laughs> There's a, there's a level of, of zealotry that isn't required, right? And there's a level of fanaticism that isn't required. And yeah, there, I think... there's, it's always a spectrum, right? So there should be a middle. <laughs> right. and, and when I say use their emotions, I'm not saying, hey, feel what you feel and go with it, right? Go with what right. you're feeling. That's what a lot of people think. They say your body always knows what's right. Just go with what your body's doing. It's trying to tell you something. That's true. But here's the thing sometimes your body is wrong you can't be right all the time sometimes we're scared of something and we avoid it and it turns out to be good it's a, it's a good thing that we moved away or that we avoided the situation because the scared feelings were a good hint and we listened but sometimes we're scared for things that really aren't going to affect us outside of the social reality like we're scared of losing some money for instance right that will affect you like you you will lose like resources but will it kill you Probably not. Like, like, like when, we, when we're afraid of losing status, like when somebody's going to look down upon us, that really does scare us. It makes us anxious. We're anxious about what people will think, but they only think what they think because that's what they were taught to think, not because it's any kind of truth. So it's right. like whenever people feel their emotions, they should always at once feel, feel them, but not accept them at first. They have to question them. They have to pass the test. Right. Like Epictetus said, you have to pass the test. It has to be true. Like if I'm feeling this and it's not true, if this thing that I think is good for me, like eating this giant cake, this giant cake is going to give me diabetes. This giant cake is going to make me fat. This giant cake is going to cause more problems in the long run. So this isn't true. This feeling is false. So that's how we guide ourselves. We find what we really believe because 
like uh, there's this theory that we're not really an individual, right? We're not one person. We're two people trapped in like one body because uh, the left and right hemispheres of the brain work very independently, independently, but they communicate with each other. So like if you cut the connections of the left and right hemispheres, the corpus callosum, right? That those, all that white matter, if you just sever it, which has to be done with some patients that have epilepsy, uh, they will have independent functioning sides of the body. Like, so like if you cover the left uh, ear and the left eye and you ask the, the patient a question, uh, the, the other side of the body will invent an answer. It will invent it out of nowhere. And, the, and if you ask the other side of the body, why did you say that? They, the patient won't know. If one side, <laughs> if one side, if one side of the body uh, uh, opens a door, uh, the other side of the body will literally slam that same door and the patient has no control over it. But the thing is, they, they control both instances of movement. Right, right. The thing is that the left and the right hemisphere control different things. So I, I suspect that the more rational parts of our brain Yes, it's all on the on the outer layer, right? The uh, uh, the neocortex, but I think that one side kind of has more control of it than the other. So we have to exercise both sides all the time. We can't just rely on one side because sometimes there's people out there that don't have a lot of they don't follow their emotions, and I I suspect that people that have a lot of psychopathy, you know, that have a lot of like low emotional feelings or maybe not a lot of emotional triggers, they rely on this this more rational side too much to the point where they can basically not feel anything if they don't want to. Oh, like they that's can, interesting. They, they can basically, they rely on this rational part. They can, before they even have the feeling, they already psych themselves out and say, I'm more important than everything. My will is everything. Right. right because they're right. so narcissistic, so self-centered that they don't even have to consider other people's perspective because to them, it might as well not exist because they don't experience it, right? They're always on this other side of the brain. Anyway, it's, it's just, I think that if we just keep talking about the same stuff, eventually people will be like, there's some ideas here that are interesting because we all kind of think of the same ideas. We just express them differently with our words. And that's it. We all think kind of the similar, like, all, like I'm on the spiritual side of TikTok, right? I'm, I'm, people are talking about manifesting. They're talking about all this uh, woohoo wit, witch talk, right? They're talking about witchcraft and all. And I'm analyzing what they're saying and I'm reading what they're doing. And all they're doing is explaining the same thing I'm explaining to you, that reality is what you make it, right? But it's your perspective and how you see things. It's when you can motivate yourself to move because you, you're getting rid of all these worries because you know that manifesting is real. And if you just put the positive thought into the universe, the universe will respond. All of that is basically saying, act good. People will give you what you want and the social reality will conform to your wishes, right? right you're conforming right. to the social reality. You're exceeding expectations. You're a happy go-getter. But, but for now, I'm focusing on arguing with people whenever they <laughs> argue with me. <laughs> That long ass <laughs> rant, and uh, that's what you'd say. <laughs> In some arguing right now. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I actually, we didn't talk about that, but Eric is a neurotechnician phalangist or something like that. What do you? What is it, your daytime job again? A, a neuromonitoring, uh, intraoperative neuromonitoring technologist. That's so it. During spine, during spine surgery and brain surgery, 
I use uh, special equipment and a computer to monitor the function of the spinal cord and also of the brain so that the patient could wake up and not be paralyzed or anything like that. Right, right. So you got a, a pretty deep understanding, too, of, of the brain. I thought that was that was some interesting tidbits of information you dropped there. But again, Eric, always, always, always a pleasure talking to you, brother. I always appreciate that you give me some time to pick your brain a little bit. Yep, yep. I'm glad to talk to you. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go let you go. Um, thanks for being on. I have all your links. If you got something new, just send it to me. Um, I have, okay. but I have everything. I think I have your TikTok. I have your your Reddit. I have your uh, Instagram. And then obviously I have your podcast and you're on one of my podcasts. So that works great. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. You take care, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, talk to you soon. Right. A good talk. All right, Bye. thanks, Eric. Bye.